And we will be joining uh, in the efforts to reach the folks in Kentucky, in our state, for the Lord and let them know about the love that can guide and keep us where we and they need to be. So if you're here with me this morning, I'd like to ask you to join with me as we look into God's Word, as we open the windows of His Word and listen to what He may want to say today about the joy of being reconciled to God. And if you have your Bibles, would you look up to Colossians 2, verses 1 through 10? Colossians in the, Old, in the New Testament, uh, verses, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Finding your place in God's Word, would you please stand for the reading of it? <clears throat> for I would that ye knew with what great a conflict I have for you, and for them in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, Paul says. And he goes on to say that their hearts might be comforted, being knitted together in love, and unto the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, speaking to the church. As he continues, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in them and established in in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving." Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophies and through vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principalities and power. May God add his blessings to those words. Would you bow with us once again in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for being able to listen to you speak through the writings of of Paul as he was able to share it to the church and even to us today, a directive for our lives and for our church and and the way that you would have us to conduct our lives and together we'd walk with you and do the things you'd have us do. Guide us now, Lord, as we worship you again this morning. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. may be seated. Paul back in Philippians the fourth chapter in the fourth verse he talks about rejoicing and there's something about talking about feeling of the acts of rejoicing that would bring us to realize that God wants to reconcile us now the the joy of reconciliation can come about because God wants to do that one of the best things God's involved with and has in mind to do is to keep his children reconciled to his will as we realize that maybe as God's children, we need to be reconciled. We need to be brought back. We need to be brought in harmony with one another, as Paul talks about here, the love for one another we can have. And how that comes about is, first of all, Paul says, is to set our affection on things above and not on things of the earth. And though I know the importance of things of the earthly life that we live, the greatest and most important thing of all is the effectualness that we have for God and that will keep us and our eyes focused on Jesus. And as we look full in his face, we will find 
that he is there always wanting to guide us on. Paul's main reason to write the church to here in Laodicea was to encourage them to stay in harmony with one another. And one of the things that, that is so important as a church and in, in the community in which we serve is the fact that the community itself can see the harmony of love that is developed by a closer walk with one another and together with God that will bring about the atmosphere that will show others what a joy it is to know Jesus, what a joy it is to serve and to be reconciled back to God in, in ways that will be so important, not only to us, but to God. And... Uh, we need to be careful how that we can find the, the, deceitful, the deceitfulness, help me with words, uh, that can cripple a, a, a body of believers and the wisdom that can seem to be very much appropriate can guide us in the wrong directions. But the Bible makes it very clear that we need to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the Word of God. If you have a question that brings a doubt, it may be wrong, so leave it out. And the Bible will answer those questions. The Bible will guide us in the right direction and help us to be that unmovable child of God that we will not be, uh, the Bible talks about being weaved or wavered around with, uh, with ungodly doctrine that can get in the midst of a, of a church and of believers that will help uh, stir up. And the struggle that we have uh, can be very much of a problem if we do not let God guide us. Sometimes the struggles that we have can be uh, very evident in what happens in our lives. And I was just reading this last week about a little boy that swallowed a penny. And uh, he, uh, when he swallowed a penny, he got all excited. He, My goodness, am I going to die, Dad? What can I do? And the dad reached behind his ear to take him as if he took the penny out of his mouth and showed the little boy to ease his pain of feeling like he's going to die because he swallowed a penny. And he had the penny in his hand. The little boy grabbed the penny and swallowed it again and said, Do that again, Dad. <laughs> so sometimes we get uh, misdirected by things that happen to us and we need to ask God to help us with a relationship with one another. And one of the things I believe is one of the greatest importance in, in the church body, and that is the, the, the gift of forgiveness. And by the way, it is a gift. Or your ability to forgive your fellow man is a gift from God that allow you to be able to do that in such a way that it will be genuine. Sometimes, you know, the little boy said uh, they had gotten in a fight and the mom said to Joey, said, now you'll have to uh, tell Billy that you're sorry for, what, for hitting him with that stick. Well, okay, mom, I will, but he better watch out when I wake up in the morning. So sometimes we, we do do that forgiveness, but it's kind of a temporary thing and and uh, it's so important for us to ask God to help us. Paul wants to add a word to this that I've shared with you in Romans uh, 6, 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We do not have the wherewithal, if you please. We do not have the, the power and individual efforts to be able to stand against Satan. And I want you to know that if, you, if Satan's not messing with you today, then you're not in God's will as much as you ought to be because I believe with all my heart that Satan, if he's got you, he won't bother you. But if he doesn't have you and he sees you interested in the things of God, he'll delve into your life, knock on your door, and try his best to sever that relationship. But we have this promise of God, the promise when salvation comes into our lives that it cannot be severed even by Satan, that we have the, the assurance of salvation that will guide us and carry us far beyond the grave and the life of this world into a heaven that's promised to everyone that's been saved. 
We had the greatest opportunity this week visiting with a home of family that had been coming to church and the, and the young man received Christ as Savior. He'll be presenting himself probably next Sunday. They had a trip planned for today, but we're so grateful that God is still saving souls. And I want to ask you a sobering question about the soul. How long, and you've heard me say it before, but I, I still want to make the point very clearly. How long has it been since you were a direct influence on a soul being saved for Jesus Christ? That's a sobering question. That's a question we must all ask ourselves. We must all be up and about our Father's business. We've not been saved just to be satisfied with salvation. But what a, what a wonderful thing it is to get to the very depth of our soul and feel so satisfied. And I am. And yet we're not saved just for ourselves but that we might show someone else. Let that surface and show someone about the joy, the blessedness of believing in Almighty God and what they can have. And maybe they hunger and thirst. Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But that hunger will not be developed in an in a individual mo most of the time unless God can work through you to show that thirst is there that they need to have. And it's so important that we ask God to help us. And there is a desire that we need to ask God to help us with, that we desire to know God's will. And how bad that we need to depend on God to help us. Peter had a lot of faith, but he did not have, did not have enough faith to walk by himself when he was on the water walking with Jesus. I love the story. How that when Jesus was out there on the water, that Peter in the boat along with others, and Jesus came walking towards him on the water. Peter did have enough faith, a faith that would cause him to step out of that boat with the assurance that he could walk to Jesus. And he could, and he did. I don't know how many steps Peter made, but he only made those that kept, when he kept his eyes on Jesus. And when he turned away from Jesus, realized, my goodness, I'm walking on water, and the eye entered the situation, he almost drowned because of a lack of faith. But Jesus reached out his hand, took a hold of Peter, lifted him up into the assurance that he was there to guide him and to lift him up in a circumstance that could not be handled in the human effort, but only with God and by God himself through Jesus. And now the Holy Spirit that guides us is how we can withstand the storms and go where we need to go. The blessings of God is so important, and they come as we realize that he is there for us. And, you know, we can have a lot of troubles in life, and it seems like that sometimes uh, they can be... Uh, more than ever, more than we can handle. But we must realize that redemption blood of Jesus Christ has brought about a strength and a, uh, and a promise that will guide us and keep us. You know, what about your life? Where are you today? Where are you in life? If you feel unrest, uncertainty of salvation, then I'm come today to ask you to re-examine your life, to look at life. And if you have not been saved by the grace of God, you know, I remember as a little boy, we used to hear a lot about hellfire and damnation. And uh, we don't hear that a lot anymore. But I do believe in that. And as much as I dread to say the word hell, it is so important. It is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. That's all the choices are. And it seems to be a no-brainer that we say yes to Satan and no to God. We must not do that because God uh, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And if he was willing to die for us, Ought we not be willing to live for him? May God help us. 
one of the very important things of today is simply salvation. And that sits beside reconciliation because I really believe that sometimes God's people need to be re-reconciled, realigned with God's will. And God will help us to do that if we just ask him. So again, what about life uh, for you today? Uh, we might be guilty of neglecting important things uh, as a part of worship. And we hear about hell, we hear about heaven, and we know that uh, we need to look at the cross. We know that we need to realize that Jesus is there for us, gave his life that we could have eternal life. And when he did that, we must surely have an excuse, no excuse rather, for saying yes to that love of God. Paul wants to back up in Ephesians there and talk about the strength that we can have by, by knowing God, by realizing his, the importance that he wants to have in our lives. And uh, I, I hear people talk about repentance. And I remember thinking, well, repentance is a word for the lost. And certainly so. We must all repent. We must all come to the, the fearful knowledge of knowing God as the supreme judge of the universe. And without Jesus Christ as Savior, we have no hope of eternal life after this as far as heaven goes. But one of the things we must realize that no person that has ever been born or will ever be born will be able to be ceased forever. All souls will live forever. And what that choice comes about is that will you live in hell or will you live in heaven? As we think about God's love, we just realize that it's so important and how much he loves us and how he wants to direct our lives. I read a story once about, and it was a true story, it was March the 1st, 1950, in Beatrice, Nebraska. The Lakeside Baptist Church choir was to meet at 7.30. As they began to get closer and closer to the time, not a soul of the choir had showed up. All 18 members was absent, including the pastor and his wife and the leader. No one showed up at 7.30. One car wouldn't start, and someone else... This, that, and the other excuses. But no one was there at 7.30. And at 7.31, a, a, a leaky gas line ignited the church and blew it all to pieces. Tell me God doesn't love us and love them and God will direct us. And not always is things happening as we want them to happen, but God has made a promise, I'll be with you always. And that was one of the times that he blessed that church with you might say neglect of getting to the church on time, but it was a God thing that took place. But the story of Peter and his faith, the story of Paul and his saving knowledge of Jesus on the Damascus Road, the story of Moses relying on God for the leadership that he needed to guide God's people, the story of Joshua who would take over Moses' place, lead him across the, the Jordan River into the Promised Land, the story goes on and on and the Bible is threaded through with the scarlet ribbon that will bring about the glories of knowing Jesus Christ. And if you follow that ribbon, you'll find that it ends up in the last chapter of the book of Revelations and we'll find the joy that comes to every person who has said yes to a love that has never and will never turn us loose. Do you know Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord of your life today? You know, I feel like here not long ago, I was at, we was at the rest home and I felt like talking about heaven and hell a little bit because often didn't do that because you feel like you're standing before saints of God. Feel like you're standing there with people who are children of God, saved by grace. And, but sometimes we can walk the distance of life without the Lord. 
and walk out of this world without Jesus. I want to ask you today, if you know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life, if you were not afforded a tomorrow to say yes to Jesus, what would it be like? If opportunity comes, we must heed to that. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to say yes to God. Today is the day to be reconciled to his will and to ask God to help you in whatever situation you're in. He'll be there. I've experienced this last week, the, the awesomeness of God's presence. When our son had a problem with uh, his health issues and God was there as prayers were lifted up and as God intervened even for the doctor's sake and was able to guide through a situation that could have been so much worse. I am grateful today that I know Jesus Christ the Savior and Lord of my life. And I wouldn't dare walk another step without Jesus. And so if you're here without him, don't go any further. Please don't move. He's on the way or reaching out already and wants to save your soul. And if you're a child of God and you're not enjoying Jesus, I want to encourage you to reach out to him because he's already reaching to you and the awesome feeling to touch his hand and to know he's there to love you again is something that we need to strive for every day of our lives. So what about your life today? Do you need to walk closer to God than you've ever walked? Do you need to be able to hear what he wants to say? I've said it hundreds of times, but you're not going to know the will of God unless you know the word of God. So to find God's will for your life, it's written in the pages of his word. I want to encourage you to find that direction as you strive to live closer to God and to know Jesus Christ as Savior, and to be able to let him speak to you through the Holy Spirit. You know, we talk about the Trinity a lot, and I remember as a young boy, I, I, I pictured Jesus, and I know that, that he was that person that it would save my soul, and I realized that how can this be? God, then he become Jesus, and now as a way of the Holy Spirit. How did God do that? I don't know. And I know the incarnate God, the God that came was revealed through the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, John says. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what Jesus is all about. But he said to the disciples, I'm going to leave you. How devastating that must have been as they'd walked with him and served with him for those some three years plus. But he told him he's going to leave. But he said, I'll not leave you comfortless. That's the call for you and I today. Jesus is not here other by way of the Holy Spirit. But he's not left us. He says, I'll be with you by way of the Holy Spirit. I'll comfort you. And you know, I think about the Holy Spirit sometimes, and I know it is a convictor. I know the Holy Spirit sometimes is a condemner. But God is so much more ready to commend than to condemn. And we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all, like sheep, do go astray. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Do you have that hope in your heart today? Would you bow with us as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you today for your love that we can know. I thank you, dear Jesus, for going to the cross to redeem our souls, to make it possible that... We can go to heaven when we die and for the promise that you have given so many before that have gone on to be with you. 
for the promise you've given each of us here today as we've put our trust in you that we know that after a while, all is well. So guide us now, Lord, in this invitation time as we listen to you. Give an invitation to come. Come unto you if we've labored and heavy laden and need a little rest. We know that our rest can come only in the loving arms of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Guide us now, Lord, as we listen to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.